find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. to a fresh edition of GTF Gabriel Talks Football. My name is Aldo Gandia and a programming note for you. Tonight is the season premiere of Buffon 55, the John Buffon Show. For those of you not familiar with the show, John Buffon is the nephew of great Bears linebacker Duck Buffon. Duck was named one of the 100 greatest Bears of all time. Well, Duck tutored his nephew, John Buffon, on broadcasting and so john took a career in broadcasting was a sports anchor in a small town in pennsylvania has had numerous jobs one with usa today reporting on outdoor sports and so john has been now with the barroom network for seven years previewing upcoming contests and tonight is the season premiere along with his co-host Alyssa barbieri of bearswire.com and Danny Shim is now joining the show to provide his evaluation. It all starts tonight at 7.30 p.m., Buffon 55. Make sure you join us live. I will be there behind the scenes. Now let's welcome in the man of the hour, the man we all want to hear from. His name is Greg Gabriel. Greg, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. This has been a crazy, as Swifty uh, said in the chat, this has been a crazy 24, 48 hours. Um, I want to get your immediate reaction to what's transpired at Hallis Hall. Well, number one, it's typical. It's not easy. Having been, you know, sitting in Hallis Hall and other places when you got to cut down, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's probably the worst day or days that you have working in the football calendar, you're telling guys, I'm sorry, you're not good enough. You know, and I had to do it in the XFL and I had to do it all by myself, the XFL, you know, and um, it's so from that part, it's, it's really tough and you got to have a lot of empathy. You're breaking kids hearts. And these guys are kids for the most part. Mm -hmm. So, I, I don't wish that job on anybody, you know, and, you know, a lot of fans, and I'm not, I'm not trying to rag on the fans, but they go, you know, they're almost heartless. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't be because you've got relationships with these people. You know, you, you've been with them, especially the new players. With the new players, you've been with them since the draft, for six weeks of the OTAs, they get five weeks off. They come by for camp, you know, and, and, and because you're, you're, because you're camp, you're living with them basically every day. Um, it's just hard, but it it's part of the job. You have to do it. You got to do what you think is right for the football team. Now, mm-hmm. is everybody going to agree? And I mean, on the outside, of course not. You're always going to get people. They're going to piss and moan, bitch, complain. But the decision makers are doing what they think is right. And they're not just doing it for today. They're doing it for tomorrow. 
you know, meaning next year and the year after. So right. whether you like the decision or not, that's what's being made. And so, um, you know, listening to uh, uh, polls today, <coughs> you know, he kind of made that known yeah. that you don't like doing it and, and why they had to do some of the things they did. And Greg, you know, I, I, I've for the last several years, you know, watching Hard Knocks and they sometimes have the segment where the coaches uh, and uh, administrative people are telling the player they're being cut and hearing stories from you and others and reading stories and so forth. I've always wondered why uh, the coaches don't really thank the players for helping build the team because all of their work in preseason has really helped to improve the team by providing competition by uh, buying into you know the organization's culture and so forth it's like those guys should get a medallion on their way out the door I, well you I, know what although and I, i'm sorry to interrupt i think no, a lot sorry. of coaches do do that and a lot of personnel people okay. do do that you try exactly. to make it as positive as you can mm-hmm. you know you're not going to tell the guy hey you suck sorry you're not good <laughs> enough you know no you you say hey look at i know you gave your best effort and we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, uh, and uh, I'm glad to hear that because I, I really do think that they are a big part of letting, laying down that season's foundation with their work during camp. Greg, we have to get to a huge topic that happened uh Several days ago, Travis Gibson reportedly asked for a trade. You then put on X that highly unlikely that that happened. And then you retracted. I said I wasn't. I I was saying I'm not buying into it is what that's That's, the exact word. I'm not buying it. Those are the exact exact words I did. But then on Sunday, Mm -hmm. Sunday, Mm -hmm. I got a text from an agent. Now, I'm not 100% sure this guy is Trevis's agent or part of the group, but this okay. guy is well-known in the business and very good and not the person you and I both know, just so. Okay. Okay. Um, and he, it was out of the blue. He sent me a text. It's a guy I've known for probably 35 years. Mm-hmm. And he said, he's not going to be there. He'd like to see if they can get him another trade. In other words, and I go, well, what do you mean? And he goes, they've already let him know he's not going to be on the 53. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is not totally surprising in terms of letting a player know because in years past, players would have been cut, you know, two weeks ago. It's changed in the last two years where now you get down to the 53-man roster all at once and so i'm not totally surprised and it were there was a a story that perhaps gibson was uh too full of himself or overly confident with his abilities and 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 and, do you know if there's any truth to that well this guy alleviated to that that he's got an ultra high opinion of his ability and Mm -hmm. and you know what he better Okay. So, but sometimes, like, I think what he was alluding to is he felt that he thought he should be the starter. Mm. 
Well, and in today's press conference, uh, both Ian Cunningham and Ryan Poles addressed that. And basically they said that he had much more success in a 3-4 defense and that Gibson would probably end up in a 3-4 defense and probably have continued success. So not a fit for Eberflus's yeah, 4 It wasn't a great scheme fit. And, and, and I can buy that. The only thing is, is though – you know, when you're when you're an edge guy in a three four and you're mm-hmm. an edge guy in a four three, the difference is you're rushing from a two point or a three point. Right. You know, right. but a, a lot of what you're doing, except for maybe having to drop five times a game, mm-hmm. is pretty much the same. But yeah. you gotta have you got first and ten responsibility in the in the four three, where in the three four you're playing on your feet as an outside linebacker, not necessarily as, you know, because then they, the three, four teams go into a four man line when you get into a sub situation mm-hmm. and then they're the pass rushers. Right. Right. You know, so um, yeah, there, there's a little bit difference that way, but I don't see it as a, as a huge difference, but you know, I thought, you know, I know they, they, not like I say put the gun to his head, but I know they challenged the hell out of him. And I thought he responded well. But, you know, he, let's face it, he didn't play good last year. Yeah. And right. you have those memories. And so, you you know, could have been, could it have been predetermined? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could have been. Do I know that? No. Um, I know a lot of people were surprised this morning. Um that the other guy got cut. Yeah. Uh, he'll be on, you know, n- not a doubt in my mind, he'll be on the practice squad if he, if he in fact clears waivers. Okay. But, you know, it's only one guy got. How about this? 24 guys got claimed across the league. Right. Very, very low number. I was surprised um, by that. Yeah. So this, this guy's, he's going to make it through. Mm-hmm. And, um, then you know, I think they'll put him on the on the uh, practice squad and let him further develop. The problem he has is he doesn't play the run very good. Mm. I thought he played the run a little better in game three than he did game two, but game two he was awful. Mm. Interesting. Um, I just want to let people in the chat know we've got a couple of hundred people with us, uh, a little less than a couple of hundred people with us live in the chat. I am collecting questions. I've got two in my queue, one from Jeff, one from Mark, and we'll uh, get to those briefly. What I want to do now is play Ian Cunningham at the press conference uh, about an hour ago, talking about the two players who were claimed off of waivers by the Chicago Bears. Yeah, we had a chance to see him uh, a couple weeks ago in Indy, uh, just the athleticism. The motor, we watched him last night as well again, uh, probably for the third time. But um, just his flexibility as pass rusher, um, another Notre Dame connection uh, to the Bears roster. And then with Quindell, we had a really good feel for him coming out. Uh, Breck Ackley did a really good job on him, evaluating him. We we were in the process of trying to get him during the UDFA process, but we weren't lucky enough to get him, but we are now. Um, he's physical downhill safety. He had 10 career interceptions in college, so he's got good ball skills. Um, he's going to help HT on special teams, so we're excited. 
The first player he was referring to was, of course, Khalid Kareem, who was picked uh, off of the Colts. Uh, uh, he was dropped by the Colts. What do you know about uh, Khalid, and uh, do you think that he can help this team more than Travis Gibson? Oh, he's a better all-around player. Okay. Okay. Um, and really, you don't – it's not Travis Gibson. It, it, Travis Gibson was cut yesterday. They cut a guy for him today. So it's that, and, and yeah, and and he's a better all-around player in that he can play the run. This is a guy that I've been watching since he was probably a sophomore in, in college at Notre Dame. He's a good football player, semi-local. He's from Detroit. He originally um, committed to the University of Alabama and then decommitted from Alabama and – uh, went to Notre Dame. He's got good size. Uh, when he was a Cincinnati, he was actually a three-four outside backer. Okay. Some of that, you know, there's there's plays you see him where he's on his feet, and but he was a defensive end in college. He's athletic. He runs well. He's got long arms. He's got thirty-four and a half inch arms. He's strong. He's a real smart kid, and on top of that, he's a good kid. So. Um, and and the Bears spent hell two days of practice in a in a preseason game with him, and in the preseason game he had a hell of a game. Yeah. So and and I'm sure he looked pretty good in practice too, because you're not going to claim the guy if that. I'm, I'm I'm sure that was like the icing on the cake. Yeah. They saw how good he was in practice, and they had their own players to compare compare him against. You know, there's a lot of guys on on X yesterday and the day, but. You know, when the cuts went out and there's all say they got to claim this corner rush, the Colts cut. Well, it's the same thing. They had two days in a game to watch him. And from what I understand, he didn't do very good. Okay. He got claimed. He got claimed by Kansas City. But Kansas City was 32nd in the claiming thing. So 31 other teams or 30 other teams passed him by. You know, so why should the Bears claim them? And I put this out yesterday because this is important. When you claim a guy during preseason, during camp, you've got 90 people on the roster. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you know, you're claiming a guy uh, with traits that you like the traits. You want to kick the tires. You get to see you see what we're looking for, and then you make it, and then you make a decision. It's not costing you a thing. Because he's just getting preseason salary. So he's not, you know, the salary he, he gets in his contract doesn't count yet. But when you get to now, when you're creating a 53-man roster and you've got the cut down, now anybody you claim has to be an upgrade. You're not claiming guys now to develop. You're claiming guys because they're better than the guy that's going to get cut when he comes in. Right, right. Okay. You're still, you're still going to develop them, but I understand the essence of what you're saying. You, you're, you, you're trying to upgrade the roster with what he has, so you're exactly. he's, you're better than what you currently have. Mm-hmm. Like they, they they claim the safety, and then they they cut AJ, who had a pretty good camp, mm-hmm. but they like they think the safety from the Rams is better. His name's right. Johnson, right? We got yes. another Johnson. We got a lot of Johnsons and Jones on this team. So um, I think there's three Johnsons now. 
there's a joke there somewhere, but I'm not going. There. I'm not going there. And, and no, I'm not going there either. And I, I wasn't referring to that. But, and, and and the same thing, you know, when they they signed a veteran, they signed the punt returner, who's actually not a bad slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Now he's not fast. You know, usually you want a guy with some some jets to to, to break the long one on the punt returns. Right. He doesn't do that. He's a four six guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And but he's he's four six going straight, but he's probably four three going sideways. Mm. You know, real quick feet, real quick, uh, good hands, tough as nails. And so he um and he, he led the he led the league in punt returns last year. Mm-hmm. And right now the Bears don't have a, a player that they feel comfortable with that they could stick back there and return punts. So now yeah. they, and so that's that's an important thing. So again, they're upgrading. They, they sign a vet, by mm-hmm. and upgrade the roster doing it. So I think that it's it's just people got to remind themselves that you mm-hmm. see, there you go. Oh, I like that guy. They got to claim him. But mm-hmm. is he better than the guy he's going to replace? Indeed. You know, and uh, one of the things regarding cutting players that I think would be worthwhile for all of us fans to listen to is Alan Williams talking about the process of making cuts and the evaluation that goes into it. This is Alan Williams, uh, 45 seconds. It's a collaborative effort, um, not just me, the p- position coaches, myself, uh, the head coach, um, uh, the GM, we we all get together and um, I give them my two cents worth and then it's up to let the professionals, so to speak, um, they're looking at the big picture. I'm looking at the defense. So sometimes uh, my view of something is strictly, hey, what I want. And then they go, hey, this is what Allen wants. This is what the defense wants. But this is what's best for the entire football team. And, you know, that's where I, um, that's why they have the GM and the head coach title, because they're looking at the entire picture where I'm just looking at, hey, my position. Uh, I just lost Greg. He should be joining us uh, back quickly. I'll play another soundbite from yesterday's press conference. This was Matt Eberflus talking about the defensive end positions and the fact that the two guys who were targeted to start aren't quite, uh, didn't play much. There he is. Let's see. Well, it's right in the middle of Allen's interview. <laughs> well, it's something yeah, that you. My, my computer said refresh the screen. So okay. It took about what, a minute? Yeah, you got to upgrade that computer, that 1946 IBM. <laughs> no, what is it? It's a Dell, I think. Yeah, it's a Dell. <laughs> yeah, they took over for IBM, I think. Anyway, uh, Williams didn't say anything that you don't already know. Talking about the process, he also talked about how they look at everything, everything from the OTAs to how uh, guys are in, in the classroom, how they Absolutely. Are in practice, Absolutely. who they face in practice and in exhibition games. He went into a detailed explanation on that and i think us fans we just watched the preseason game and right. we immediately think well why are they dropping that no, guy it, it's the whole big picture you are grading every single snap that player participates in in every practice mm-hmm. and it's on paper it's put in the computer and then you've got you know how he how he is in, in the meetings is he attentive is he a first or second row guy or is he the last row guy? 
Mm-hmm. You know, little, just little things like that. How's he get along with his teammates? How's he fit within that position group's room? Mm-hmm. You know, there was, there was one coach I worked with pretty closely when I was there. And we sent him out to do some players, work them out in the pre-draft process. Mm-hmm. And he came back and he said, you know, there's one guy and he goes, I, I, I really like the player. He's not going to fit in the room. Mm. He said, there's no, he won't survive. He says his personality and the personality of the, of the veterans I have in the room will not mesh and it's mm-hmm. not going to be good. Interesting. So it could, you know, it could be something about uh, if a player is an introvert, not that that's a bad thing, but it could not mesh with all the extroverts in a particular room. That That's kind of an interesting point there. One that I've never really thought about. Well, yeah, well you got, don't forget, you got to get a lot of alpha dogs playing football. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. And, and there's a lot of testosterone flowing around there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yeah, the, the, the personality in the room is important. Now, obviously, if a guy's talent's way up here, mm-hmm. it's up to the coach to, well, not just the coach, but <clears throat> you got a player development guy. And, and excuse me, people, I, I've, I've got a lung problem. And when it gets later in the afternoon, it flares up. So that's why I'm losing my voice sometimes and I start coughing. So I apologize. If you need a break at any point, just let me yeah. know. So anyway, you know, you, you don't want to get rid of, of good talent. So you got to have the people in the building work with everybody involved. But if it's just not going to work, mm-hmm. then that can be a consideration too. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Lots of people in the chat and probably all the Bears nation, Bears world is talking about the quarterback situation because right now on the 53 man roster, there are only two quarterbacks. It's Justin Fields and rookie Tyson Bajant. What say you about what the Bears could potentially do to bring in another quarterback and have a veteran on the team? Well, if I heard Ryan Poles right in the presser, Nate Peterman's coming back. Mm-hmm. Now, I took it as he's coming back on the 53. I saw Bigsy's thing, and Bigsy says, well, I don't know if he's going to be on the 53 or the, or the practice squad, but it says he's got to work through. So it won't be for a couple of days, so maybe he's got some other offers. Well, um, I don't think that. I think <laughs> that, you know – they're only practicing today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to have a long weekend, holiday weekend, and then they're going to reconvene next Monday. Mm-hmm. That's what almost every team does, except for Kansas City and Detroit, who got to play next Thursday. So I think they say, hey, take the rest of the week off. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me that you know he is a vested vet, mm-hmm. so he mm-hmm. didn't go through waivers. Right. that they had an agreement with them before he walked out the door yesterday. Because you can do that. You know, you do those little side deals with a vet, sure. you know, play games with, with, with the roster during mm-hmm. the season. You can do it. <coughs> excuse me. Mm-hmm. You can do it before the trade deadline. So you cut them on Friday and you bring them back on Monday. Yeah. And he gets his paycheck because he's on the team on Friday. You're right. on the team on Wednesday. You're getting paid. So, um, 
And if it's a vested bet, he just cares about getting his money. That's right. <laughs> you know, so you, you can play games like that. But, you know, that's what I think happened. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, Tevin's going on IR. And that did not surprise me. I've been speculating that. I thought, well, okay, said he might be out three weeks. So why not make it four just to be safe? Mm-hmm. And then you got an extra roster spot. And, you know, so that's your spot for Peterman. Well, no, actually, that's your spot for 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 uh, the kick returner. What the hell is his name? And uh, Yeah, uh, uh, t- uh, Taylor. 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 Trent Taylor. And then if you bring back Peterman, somebody else got to go on IR. Exactly. Exactly. And it could be Noah Sewell. It could be. Well, Sewell uh, was back practicing. But the other center oh, got a okay. broken hand. Okay. And uh, polls did say today they were going to put Tevin Jenkins on the injured reserve list for right. four so weeks. He's out, right. So, and that's the, you, that's the minimum you have to be on. Okay. And Good. the injury that one – remember I sent you the text. I go, did you listen to so-and-so on it when they interviewed her before the game? She said, well, they say he's going to miss the first three games. And I, you know, and I said – she just said something she wasn't supposed to say. So. Yes. <laughs> Greg is referring to the female scout that was featured on the Bears preseason game on Fox TV. I apologize. I don't have her name in front of me. And it was, you know, on the pregame show with, with Lou mm-hmm. Canellis. And, um, <laughs> you know, she as soon as I saw that, I'm going <laughs> – I don't think Ryan Poles is going to like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Keep that a secret. Michael Henneman wants to know regarding uh, uh, Tyson Bajent as the backup. If Justin gets hurt, would you bring in another guy for QB2? In other words, are you comfortable with Tyson Bajent filling in for Justin Fields in the fourth quarter of a game and Ty- uh, Justin is banged up or he's got to play a couple of games? Where's your comfort level with the rookie? Well, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week. Mm -hmm. I've been impressed with him all preseason. I think he has, and I, you know, people from other places might argue with me, but I'm firm with it. He's outplayed the first round quarterbacks in the preseason. Hands down. It ain't even close Mm -hmm. because I've watched every snap from those guys. And this guy has been more poised, more accurate, just about everything. Uh, just his command of the huddle, his ability to read things. It's like, where'd this guy come from? You know, so uh, so could he do it? Yeah, but still, it's preseason. He hasn't – you got to do it in the regular season <clears> – <throat> And you're seeing a lot of vanilla in the preseason. And that's not going to be the case once uh, the real games start in 10 days. So I just, you know, I think that's why they're bringing back Nate. And I know your next question is, well, what about bringing in another quarterback? Right. I do not see that happening. And for one reason only. And it's not that Peterman can do it or he can't do it. You bring in a guy from off the street, and, and I'll qualify it. Unless he has played in a very similar system, 
meaning San Francisco, the Rams, Green Bay, he's useless for at least a month. Yeah. So why are you why are you wasting a roster spot on him? Look what happened. Look, just look at what how slow it was for Chase Claypool to -hmm. come around. And people were pissing him out. Oh, he's bad trade. No, it wasn't. It's a difficult offense to learn. It's real difficult for receivers. It's more difficult for quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to bring in a guy who's played an entirely different system and say, here's the ship, go sail it. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. It's going to sink about 100 yards offshore. (laughs) Well, you're making making good points, although we have seen many situations under emergency situations where a quarterback has been brought off the street, and there he is six days later, less than six days later. He's out there on the football field playing. So True, but you got to know what the history is. That's all I'm saying. You know, uh, did that guy did did the guy who comes off the street and six days later he's thrown in and he does a good job? Has he played in something similar? Mm-hmm. Right. And let's be clear here, uh, myself, and I know Greg certainly isn't. We're not. No one is advocating. Maybe some fans are uh, advocating for Tyson Bajent all of a sudden to be anointed the first string quarterback. The kid has a lot of work to do, but there is. It's very clear that his talent is really intriguing and i can't wait to see him play more games and 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 if if uh, he does get some regular season playing time this year i'm going to be glued to to my chair while watching that tape all right i want to talk a little bit about the offensive line this is uh ryan pose talking about the uh the sacks the amount of sacks the chicago bears allowed last season and he was asked is that number going to come down? Uh, I feel better about it. Obviously, we need to see that that number change, and that it's a that's a relationship, right? Where uh, protections got to be better, and I feel better um, about our, our setup in terms of the guys in front of them and our tackles. Braxton is going in year two, and we, you know Darnell's doing a good job, and um, that alone should help us. And then Justin's ability to execute our offense more efficiently and get the ball out quicker too. Like all of that should run together and that number should drop. Question is Greg, these offensive linemen are currently on the 53 man roster. This could change any second Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Nate Davis, Lucas Patrick, Darnell Wright, Tevin Jenkins is going to our IR Dan Feeney recently acquired Jatari Carter, Larry Borum, Doug Kramer. What is your comfort level with this offensive line right now? I'll tell you what, I really like the, the addition of um, Dan Feeney. Yeah. Feeney is uh He's a pretty good player. In fact, I wrote him up in the 2017 draft book, and I just happened to have that here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kramer's going on IR too. He's got a broken hand, right? And so, um, and it's his right hand. So, if he can't snap the ball, <laughs> why is he gonna? You know, it's not like he all all of a sudden is gonna become left-handed. That's right. <laughs> so I think. I'm I'm throwing darts at the wall here. I don't know. This is what I think, not what I know. That Tevin's going on. I Ryan already said that, and uh, the he's the the punt returners got his spot. And then I think uh, if it is Peterman going on the, on the fifty three, then I think he's got Kramer's spot. 
Mm, okay. Well, so and then, they'll, and then they'll play with with eight. But this is let me let me dig this out here. This is what I wrote on Feeney. While you dig that out, I'll say real quickly, Mark Grody showed some videotape of Lucas Patrick and Darnell Wright uh, in yep. uh, practice. And so it looks like they're getting off the ball and ready ready to get start ramping up. Uh, as Nate, Nate Davis also. Nate Davis as well. They were, so, all, they were all practicing. You know, it, it, we talked about this before, you know, in previous weeks. Mm -hmm. I said it doesn't matter with a lot of these guys whether they play them in preseason or not. Mm -hmm. As long as they're practicing the last, you know, this week and next week, they're in good shape and, and they'll get them ready to go. And, and especially guys who are veterans, you know, they know how to play the game. They know what to do. So, but anyway, let's get back to, to Feeney. This is what I wrote. Strong points. Uh, Four-year starter. I had estimated him at 6'4", 304. I don't have his exact numbers. I think it was 6'3 and 7'8 or something like that. Okay. That was close. Um, Four-year starter, mostly at right guard. Played right tackle the last four games of 2016. Good size, athletic, runs well. Could get out in space and adjust on the move. Stays on his feet. Good hand use for both the run and the pass. Plays tough physical game. Very good run and pass blocker. Plays with bend. Has good feet. Can mirror, slide, recover. Durable and versatile. Weak points, not as big as some teams would like. Um, then my summation is he's a fifth-year senior, four-year starter. Missed 2013 with a foot injury. Started 49 games in college. Wow. Nice. Yep. Did you, uh, did you write anything about the mullet he, he likes to wear? <laughs> no, he didn't have the picture I got. He didn't have it. Okay. Um, I go, Feeney is a smart, strong, and tough to go to go. Smart, strong, and tough to go along with having good overall athleticism. Good run and pass blocker, plays a physical game, knows how to use his hands, very good in space and productive with second level blocks. Will come in and start right away for many teams. As a rookie, I probably had him a little higher. Um, I said, may also be able to play center. Which he ended up, he, he started He started one full season at center for the Chargers, started three full seasons. Yep. Now, in fairness, I had him as like the first or second guard in that class. When you look back at that class, mm -hmm. the interior offensive line, that draft, it sucked. There's mm -hmm. like three players in the league. From uh, still there. I mean, the other guards, Forrest uh, Lamp, he was a first rounder by the same team that drafted him, the Chargers. Mm -hmm. He's gone. Dorian Johnson, gone. I think Pat Elfline is gone. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Darian Mama, gone. Nico Saragusa, I think he's been out a couple of years. Uh, Isaac Asiata, Danny Isadora. Wow. Uh, Jordan Morgan, Jordan Sean Harlow, Kyle Kalis. Then you go to the centers, Tyler Orlovsky, Ethan Poisick is still around. Uh, John Toth has, you know, been to every club in the league and the XFL. <clears throat> Jeff Fuller, Chase Roulier, Lucas Crowley. Wasn't a good year for interior offensive line. Oh, not at all. Wow. All right. Well, speaking of interior offensive linemen, um, 
who has the question here? Gary has the question regarding Doug Kramer. Does he have the strength to play center full-time? And the fact that he's only a center, does that concern you? Yeah, it concerns me. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, one of the reasons they went out and made that trade. Number one, he's got a broken hand. Mm -hmm. Um, You had, really, after Patrick, you had no other center right now because Whitehair's got a broken right hand. Or something. This guy, uh, Kramer's got a broken hand or something wrong with his right hand. So it's like, who's going to snap the ball if if Patrick goes down? So you had to get somebody who could snap. Mm. But you're right, though, about Kramer in that, or the the question was right. He, He is a center only. I don't think he's ever played guard. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's athletic enough to play guard. So he has limitations. So if if it gets down to who dresses and who doesn't dress, <clears throat> unless you really need him, he isn't dressing on a Sunday mm. because you want a guy who can play guard and center. Exactly. You're going to usually address seven. So you want a swing tackle and a guy who can play guard and center. Yep. That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, all right. Let's take a look at that running back room now. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, Rashawn Johnson, Travis Homer, and the fullback, Kerry Blast game. I uh, have said uh, since this running back uh, unit was formed after the draft that this is perhaps one of the top 10 running back rooms in the entire league. Are you with me or against me, Mr. Greg Gabriel? Well, I don't know if I'm with you or against you. It's a good rule. (laughs) I think there's quality. I think there's a good, they complement each other. Well, each one's a little different from Mm -hmm. the other, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as Homer Johnson, Foreman and, and Herbert. They're all got a little something different. They bring something different to the table. Some got speed. You know, Herbert's got speed. Foreman's got speed. Homer's got speed. Johnson's got, he's faster than he, or he's quicker than he is fast and he plays faster, but his time speed is the slowest of of the four. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he's the most Monty like of the group Mm -hmm. and that he's a very good all around back. He can do, Everything where the other guys were, where Herbert's not a great pass blocker, not a great receiver. You know, Foreman, I don't know, I'd be honest, I don't know about his pass blocking. He's a better receiver than his numbers show. Hmm. They just haven't used him in that way. And right. Homer, I know he can pass block, I know he can catch the ball really well, and he's a hell of a special teamer. Yeah. You know, when Foreman met with the media last week, he didn't sound too happy about the lack of snaps that he was getting. And it seemed in I'm just reading in between his words here. He may not be happy that uh, Khalil Herbert is probably going to get the starting reps with the team. I think that's a good thing because it's going to keep him hungry unless he's going to go off and sulk somewhere. And I don't think he's that type of player. But, well, if that uh, was the case, he'd, he'd be gone. Yeah, I mean, exactly. or he will be gone. I mean, I just, right. I, I think we've been around this crew long enough, and it hasn't mm-hmm. been that long, but long enough that mm-hmm. they're not going to put up with that. 
Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Okay, let's take a look at the wide receiver room now. Uh, we have got DJ Moore. We've got Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. Valus Jones Jr. is still a part of this team, along with Tyler Scott, the rookie, and Equinemia St. Brown. And then Trent Taylor will be joining the team after he passes his physical and sciences contract, which could, which could be later today. He's already here. There was a... I, I, he took some pictures of himself inside Alice Hall. Mm -hmm. Yep, he sure did. So that's why I, I fact I figure he'll probably get everything wrapped and ready to go by the end of the day and be in practice tomorrow. Uh, are you happy with this wide receiver room? Yeah, I like it. Again, there's there's good compliment. You got to have a good backup to Claypool at the X, and that's EQ, mm -hmm. who you know a tall, rangy guy. Uh, I think Darnell and DJ. <coughs> sorry about that, people. Sorry, but it's that time of the day. Darnell and DJ are interchangeable as to who can play the Z and who can play the slot. I don't know what the hell Valus is, and I'm not <laughs> say I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's because I mean we didn't get to see him in the preseason. Mm -hmm. And and they don't want to give up on him yet. So and I don't blame them because there is talent there. Very much, in my opinion. Yeah. And um, then uh, you know, Tyler fits in with DJ and Chase in that he can, you know, play Z or the slot. Trent's strictly a slot, and he's a very good return guy. And he does both. I think he'll just do um punts here, but he can do kickoffs too. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, Ryan Pace at the press conference today said that Darnell Mooney never requested a trade and that was never up for discussion. So uh, that was speculation on the part of a reporter that grew well, into that, something. They never said, I don't know if they said he asked for a trade. They speculated that he was going to get traded and they were reading what, what and that guy's a good guy. Okay. So, and I know him, but all he was doing was speculating based on the contract. Exactly. Other people then started to uh, change. Yeah, it, and grew say, on, it grew up. It grew, and 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 you know, I think I think he knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. You know, but it was still. If when you looked at the graph he put out, mm -hmm. the graph looked like, oh my God, they're gonna, yeah. they're trading. Okay, but then you read the article. Yeah. And the article was all speculation. It was indeed. It was and, indeed. and they were never going to do that. Right. I mean, it just, it's just not going to happen. And so, um, but fans being fans, I kind of left that one alone at first. And then I <laughs> turned to school a little bit after the fact, like <laughs> that was never going to happen. <laughs> I got to say something though. The most foolish Bullshit site on X is, is NFL notifications. Oh my gosh. They are so full of shit. And they, they all they do is copy other people's stuff uh -huh. and put their own take on there. Yeah. You know, I don't know. You know, and then they try to say, we broke it. So he said something, somebody, somebody broke something. So I just a needle him. I said, no. Rappaport had it six minutes before you go look at the timestamp. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, and yeah, there's no attribution, you know, there's there's no identity to this generic NFL notifications, whatever there, the hell it, it is. You know, it, it's some nerd sitting in mommy's basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they well, got no connection. Most people, look, at the, the, there's people who get paid a lot of money. You know, Adam Schefter makes millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, mm-hmm. like, close to 10 to get information and some nerd sitting on (laughs) X formerly Twitter is getting all the scope. My ass. Come on. (laughs) Why people even follow follow these people is beyond me. You know, it's you're wasting your time and you're going to get, and you're going to get frustrated. Follow Mm -hmm. people that know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> Renewable says there's no need to apologize for the coffee. We are all beyond grateful for your time and insight while playing or podcasting through your challenges. You are a fucking legend. And he also says I'm kind of cool as well. So thank you, Triple <laughs> Well, thank you. I just, you know, this is something I gotta live with the rest of my life. And and this summer has been rough because of yeah. the poor air quality. And uh, yeah, I mean I I got a lung issue and it's never going to get better. So That's right. I got to deal with it. As long as Indeed. everything is, you know, if the air was clean, I'd be in good shape. Indeed. You got an air, air filter at home? I, I bought one about six months ago. It's made a difference with my allergies. Has it really? Yeah, really good. Where do you, where do you put the air filter? Uh, you put in it your in your furnace? The, no, uh, you just put it in the room that you're in most often. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link to the one that I bought. I'm very really okay. happy with it. Jeff has a question regarding the wide receivers. Do you anticipate the Bears keeping these seven wide receivers? Who is the odd man out? They clearly value both EQ and Valus highly. What are your thoughts? Well, to me, another um, player that could be destined for IR is Valus. He hasn't played in the last two games. I don't know if he – I guess he did practice today. He did practice according to a report. Yeah. yeah. So – but, you know, so there's something wrong. I yeah. think it should probably <clears> – <throat> it's probably due to flare up. He, yeah. I think he has an injury to his confidence. Is what, they, what he should be designated fractured uh, confidence. <laughs> All right, he's, on, go. he's going on IR because of lack of confidence. Yeah, mental right. error. <laughs> let's take a look at the tight end position. No surprises here. Komet and Tanyan are your pass catchers, with Komet uh, taking on uh, a, a bulk of the pass blocking and run blocking responsibilities. And Mercedes Lewis, the 39 year old veteran, is basically another offensive tackle in this system. You anticipate they adding another player to this tight end room? We've seen four tight ends, sometimes five with the Bears. No. Just go back and see what they've done in Green Bay. Mm, Okay. That's the model. Sure. Yep. And, you know, the only way they add somebody is if somebody gets hurt. Right. You know, and I think they got exactly what they want. This will probably be the only year that Mercedes plays. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's he's getting ready to collect Social Security as an NFL player. <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> 39 uh. years old. i tell you what, because I, I, I was looking at it. <clears throat> What's the guy's name? The, the Green Bay Twitter guy, Jeff. Um, oh. 
Oh. He's always trying to, uh, you know, alienate Bears fans, but he's not really a bad guy. Yeah. Um, There's two anyway, or three of them. Yeah, but he, he put out the average age of the Packers thing. Okay. And they're like 24. It's the youngest team they've had in years. One of the reasons is they don't have Mercedes Lewis. All right. So the average age of the Bears, when you count Lewis and Scales, a deep snapper, who's right. 35, and Lewis is 39, it pushes their average age up to close to 26 years old. Mm. Take those two guys out, and it's 24.7, which is a young football team. You were referring to Peter Bukowski. Yeah, Peter. Peter (laughs) Thank you, Swifty. Bukowski. And Peter's not a bad guy. I mean, I've talked to Peter on the phone, and this was years ago, a couple times, and you know, he's asked me about some things when I was in the XFL about some players and stuff. And um, he loves to alienate Bears fans. He's a professional troll. <laughs> yeah. So and and he will do it. But I guarantee he's going to go into freaking hiding if, if the Bears win this game in 10 days. Yeah, indeed. Um, let's take a look at the defensive linemen on the roster in Dockway, Justin Jones, Andrew Billings, Demarcus Walker, arguably the starting four. And then we've got Rasheem Green, a surprise to many that he's still on the roster. Jervon Dexter, Zach Pickens, the two rookies. Dominique Robinson entering his second year. And then newly acquired Khalid Kareem. What's your gut tell you about this room? Well, I thought that Travis earned a spot, but I get it. Okay, so, you know, I'm not going to piss and moan about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Green hasn't played a lot to show a lot. He did have a sack, and he's had a couple good chase plays. Mm-hmm. There's no – you don't see any special. But from what I understand – He's a motherfucker in practice. Ooh, nice. So it's, you know, <clears throat> have we seen what he is mm-hmm. in the game? So I think you're not going to see nine guys in a game. You're going to see seven or eight. You know, they, in a perfect world, they do a uh, eight-man rotation. Rotating both the outside and the inside. Right. So we'll see how that works. But, you know, who's Kareem's, uh, Khalid Kareem's biggest competition to get in the active roster? Is it Robinson or is it Green? And I think that'll be interesting how that plays out. Because he's new. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll see him next week. Mm-hmm. Some of that, I mean, they obviously liked what they saw when he played against him. Right. Uh, but I think a lot of it will, schemes are similar, but how he adapts to the different calls and, and, and the terminology in this 10 days between now and the game. Greg, it is obvious that the Bears right now are prioritizing these uh, defensive ends who are adept at setting the edge and hoping that these uh, defensive tackles that they've 
replenish the team with. Two young rookies and Billings can crush the pocket by coming up the middle, and then the two defensive ends set the edge, and that's how they are going to go about their pass rush, which will be good for defensive backs and linebackers, hopefully create some turnovers, but they're putting a little bit less emphasis on a pass rusher, probably because there just aren't a lot of great ones available right now until hopefully next year's draft. Yeah, um, I mean, that's got some validity. The run defense sucked last year. (laughs) (coughs) You got to give me a minute here. Let me just take take your time. Take your time. That is Greg Gabriel, as he uh, uh, authentically shared with us. He has a respiratory problem, and uh, when it gets a little later in the day, he uh, starts to have these coughing issues. And so, I might, uh, I might put in the mail an air uh, purifier, one of the ones I have uh, for him. So while he is away, let me play another soundbite for you guys. This is. this was really a great question. I forgot the name of the, of the reporter who asked this, but he asked Ryan Poles about where are you, Ryan, with the filling in holes? You said before the season, we're not going to be able to fill in all of the holes that we have, uh, but we're going to get closer. And so he was asked, you know, where are you at? And he was very, very candid. I'll, I'll uh, clue uh, Greg in into what we're, I'm going to play here. Um, so he was very, very candid. Greg, listen to uh, Ryan Poles talking very candidly, surprisingly very candid about where he is at in terms of filling in the holes for this team. It's just being realistic, man. I mean, on paper, 80%, 75%. But at the end of the day, like when the lights come on and we play a real game, the energy level is different, the speed is different. Um, we'll be able to evaluate that as we go through the season. But I feel good, again, on just on paper, I feel good about the progress and we're, I feel took a chunk out of what we needed to. I thought that was an incredibly candid response, and I would uh, agree with them. There's about 15 20% of the positions in uh, this team are not the guys that you really are going to help you win Super Bowls, at least from the starter's perspective. What say you? Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, part of it is reading between the lines is you got some guys <coughs> that you want to be key players mm-hmm. that are still young. Right. right. And so they might have the talent to be those players, but they're, are they ready to be, I guess that's the easiest way to put it. Are they ready to step up and take that role? All right. Right. And, and you could say, you know, with, with Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens, I mean, that's two young guys that you got high picks on mm-hmm. that you want to control the middle. I mean, those guys got the talent to become very good players. Right. Whether they do or they don't remains to be seen. And yeah. that's how I think, you know, the lights haven't come on yet. Right. You got to see how the lights come on. But, you know, it, it's always a, it's a puzzle you're trying to construct, and he's not done. You know, I think you need one more strong off-season meeting, free agency in the draft. Mm-hmm. But I know he'd rather build through the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to fill in the pieces with free agency. 
Exactly. And not have not have to go crazy. Indeed. Indeed. Um, all right. Let us uh, move on here. Uh, the next position group we are going to talk about are the linebackers. Where's my little graphic here? There they are. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, Jack Sanborn. Surprising to many that Dylan Cole uh, remains and Noah Sewell. It was back that practice, so the injury he sustained doesn't appear to be serious. This is a, uh, a, a much improved linebacker room than last year's, isn't it, Greg? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Dylan Cole, I mean, they signed him for a reason. The guy's been a starter. He's been a great special teams player. Uh, he can play multiple linebacker positions. Uh, Jack Sanborn can play multiple linebacker positions. So you want to have that flexibility. And that's why there's only five. Because for the most part, only two are playing. There's mm -hmm. very few down. Now, in the preseason, they're playing very base vanilla defense so you were playing three linebackers a lot you were playing a pure four three that's mm -hmm. not going to be the case next week your starters are you're going to be starting off in sub okay so tj and tremaine are going to be in there because green bay is going to unless green bay's not going to have three wides mm -hmm. you're gonna you know and, and there's going to be situations because they they drafted some young tight ends that are pretty athletic but one of those tight ends isn't going to be in tight. He's going to be like their slot receiver. He's going to be a move guy. And so you'd want your nickel in to take care of those guys also. Indeed. Indeed. Well, we're, we're, how surprised were you that uh, Mikkel Walker, I think his name is, the guy who had over 100 tackles for the Falcons at the linebacker position, he was picked up on waivers probably three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And how surprised were you that he did not make this team? You know, not uh, it didn't surprise me, and the one reason was he was making almost two point eight million. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you cut him, and he went through waivers. So now, now his contract's null and void. So That's now you can bring him. He's a guy you can bring back, put him on the practice squad or whatever, and then bring him up to mm -hmm. the roster and you can probably pay him half of that. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. It's he got that he got the jump because of the playtime that he had in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's the same with uh you know some of the guys here. They get a big jump. Your 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 original rookie contract gets thrown out when you get into your fourth year. Right. And he and, and it incentivizes and it you know, jumps up quite a bit. So instead of what you were supposed to make, you're getting almost double in that last year of, of your rookie contract. So whether he's a dead issue, I, you know, I don't have the answer to that. Um, you know, his agent would probably say, if you wanted to bring it back, well, you got to give him 2.7 and, and nobody's going to give him the 2.7. No, he is not going to get that, but it'd be interesting if they do bring him back at a like, it was like 2.75. I think he was, yeah. he was going to make. If, uh, if he does return to the bears, that would be very astute business decision by the Chicago bears. Let's take a quick look at the, I'll corners. be honest. I did not study him that much to say yeah. if I liked him, disliked him or whatever. Yeah. He was, but he's, you know, he's obviously got – he gets 100 tackles in this league. He's got some talent. He's got yeah, – exactly. So uh, – but last year they went a good part of the year 
with five linebackers on the 53. Mm-hmm. And it's because you're playing mostly two. Yeah. Okay. He's a, a quick uh, guy who can wrap up players. So uh, he'll, he'll be playing in the NFL somewhere. Uh, we'll see where. Cornerback. Well, get claimed. Yep. Not yet, but he, he will sign somewhere, I'm sure. Cornerback, we got Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, the rookie Tyreek Stevenson, another rookie Terrell Smith, Josh Blackwell, and Jalen Jones. You expect there to be any changes in this cornerback room? No, and I don't know why a lot of fans think they needed a corner. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good group. Blackwell and Jones earned their spurs, so to speak, last year. Those guys played, when they were forced into playing, they played well. They did. When the other guys were, were down and now they're a year older, you're mm-hmm. more experienced. They got some toughness mm-hmm. to them. Um, Terrell Smith was limited in the second preseason game, I think it was. Or, no, the first preseason game. Yeah. Then he played, and, you know, he showed some things, and he was, you know, challenging Tyreek for the starting role early in camp, and then he had a groin issue, according to his agent. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyreek is – little over assertive at times yes he's got to settle down got to think <clears throat> stupid plays cost you yardage yep. and so you know or stupid penalties <clears throat> so think before you swing uh because it only can get you in trouble so yep. but aside from that yeah i like the group it's athletic it's got good size it's fast yeah that's a pretty good group Yep, and I expect and, and the only thing they don't have is they're not loaded with experience. There's a lot of talent there, but right. there's not a lot of experience. Right. Jalen Johnson is uh, proclaimed that he's going to be searching for more turnovers, and that includes forcing fumbles. Uh, so uh, good luck to him on that and his contract here. At the safety position, we've got Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, who was at practice today on an exercise bicycle. So he may not be 100%, but he's very, very close. Elijah Hicks, the second-year man, and then the newly acquired rookie, Quindell Johnson, an intriguing safety room. It could be a really, really good room, particularly if Hicks and Johnson come through uh, if needed in a pinch. Yeah, and – Jake, I'm sure Jaquan's good to go. You know, I, I go back. Did you listen to Flus's presser yesterday? Yes. You know, he said everybody's good to go. Yeah. Except for Tevin. So mm-hmm. they probably held him out another day. Maybe they hold him out tomorrow and he got the long weekend and then he starts practicing next week uh, in game week for Green Bay. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure about the depth. You know, Hicks was there last year. I don't know Quindell Johnson. Mm-hmm. They obviously do. They wanted to sign him as an undrafted free agent. <clears throat> they had to feel good about him before. They so um, versatility is what uh, uh, Cunningham said at today's press conference. He's just much more versatile safety than what they had in A.J. Thomas is what I read in between the lines. Yeah, and, and I thought A.J. had a pretty good preseason. But they will – I suspect A.J. will be on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. 
Well, let's take a look at the practice squad. Uh, as of about an hour ago, when I put this graphic together, we got Baskerville, uh, the rookie defensive lineman, uh, defensive tackle Travis Bell, uh, Robert Burns, the fullback, who I really uh, thought had a good camp, Stephen Carlson, the veteran Collins, offensive lineman, linebacker Demarcus Gates, defensive lineman Jalen Harris, and Roy Embig. Ah. I knew I was going to screw it up. I rehearsed it too, but the Nigerian-born Nigerian defensive lineman, uh, Greg Stroman, the veteran uh, defensive back, Nasimbo Webster, and the rookie Kendall Williamson. Those, That's who I got. Well, oh, there's 11. one more that you don't have. Okay, and that is? Bill Murray, and not well, the comedian. <laughs> I saw somebody put that up in the chat, and I was like, what, what is this, a joke or something? No, it's, he, he's a... Interior offensive lineman who's been with the Pats since 20. Oh, okay. Well, good. Welcome to Chicago, Bill Murray. And it's not that Bill Murray. Um, so uh, any uh, – they've got now five slots left to fill in the practice. Well, squad. the Nigerian kid doesn't count. So uh, six slots then. Well, how many you got – including him. One, two, Let me see. They got one, two, three. How many you got there? Eleven? Eleven, yes. Okay. So Murray is 12. They got five slots because uh, Roy doesn't count. Right. Against okay. the 16. He's the, next, he's the 17th guy. Mm -hmm. I, I'll tell you, you know, none of these names really excites me other than Travis Bell and Jalen Harris. I think those guys have some potential to be contributors to the Bears long term. Uh, so hopefully they'll uh, continue to add more uh, talent uh, to the practice squad. All right. Uh, we did forget to talk about special teams as we normally do. It is Santos and Gill and Scales. No surprises there. Those three guys are back. Uh, O'Donnell was released by the Green Bay Packers. Do you have any interest in him coming into camp and uh, taking, taking a look at him to compete no, with this, Gill? This group passed on him last year when he went up to Green Bay. That's right. They did. You know, yeah. they like they like Gill. And so uh, – Mm -hmm. And he's done a good job. I mean, special teams is actually, for the most part, pretty damn good in, in preseason. It'll be better because you're you're substituting so much in the preseason to get a good mm -hmm. look at kids. Mm -hmm. So it'll be a little bit better once the regular season starts because you'll have your your set crew of guys. Yeah. All right, let's uh, uh, handle some of the questions that we have here that we didn't get a chance to get to. Jeff Willis early on asked if you were surprised that the Bears didn't claim an offensive tackle, or is it common to only keep three on the active roster? It's common to keep three. Most teams have eight or nine active on the 53, mm -hmm. and then you got – you know, but sometimes you go heavy on the practice squad. Mm -hmm. And so you have like maybe 11 total and they've got shit. They got 10 right now on the active. Um, That's quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, they got one tackle Collins on, <coughs> on the practice squad. <coughs> and a couple interior guys, including Murray. So <clears throat> I think they they gave up on, on Dieter. Um, you think you think it's over for Dieter, huh, after what, yeah, four or five I, well, seasons? Not, oh. I, yeah, I, I think that, 
you know, he, he's hit the ceiling and they yeah. probably saw that. And so yeah. it's like, why keep, he is what he is and, and you're trying to get better. Mm-hmm. Can he get you out of a game? Absolutely. Yeah. But with the practice squad, you're trying to get better and, and get somebody who's got a chance to being a better player. Okay. Um, Drew Black has this question. He would love to hear your take on Justin's last preseason game. He looked pretty bad, but then again, it's preseason. Are fans overreacting or is it a real cause for concern? Fans always overreact. <laughs> I got to tell you something, because I've been, I was kind of waiting for that. Mm-hmm. I was, when I was with the Giants, I had a scout pro teams in preseason too. And so, this was the last preseason game of the 1990 preseason. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the bears were playing I'm with the giants, but the bears were playing the bills at the university of South Carolina on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and I'm, you know, from Buffalo, even though I'm working for the giants, I'm from Buffalo. So I, you know, I was, Hoping the the Bills would put up a good game. The Bears killed them. I mean, you'd have to go look up the the score. But I'm going to say beat them by four or five touchdowns. Mm. It's like the Bills didn't even show up. Mm. Okay. Last preseason game. Marv Levy could give a shit about preseason. (laughs) He didn't care at all. Didn't care at all. (laughs) Bills went on to win their first nine games. And I think they only lost one or two during that during the regular season and got to a Super Bowl. That was their their first of four. And they played us in the in the Super Bowl, the Giants. So um I don't care what the team did last Saturday. Mm-hmm. It means it, it it's first of all you're you're getting your you're playing vanilla offense. Um you didn't have your whole starting offensive line in there. Um all you're doing is calling plays. You know, you want to get out of that game without having any injuries. Right. And 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 be ready to say. So it it are you gonna remember the preseason in December? No, you could care less. But you know, people want to get up in arms and and you know, that's their right, they can, but you know, put it in perspective. You know, when when the Cubs or the White Sox win or lose in exhibition games out in Arizona, does it matter? Nope. In spring training, well, why does preseason football matter? Yeah, I you know I I, I hear what you're saying. I I and I I think it mat. Well, and I know you know this. It matters in terms of player performance, individual player performance. And so uh, J.T. O'Sullivan, the former quarterback who now uh, runs the quarterback school on YouTube and uh, what's going on here Uh, on YouTube and Patreon uh, was upset that Justin Fields was missing wide open receivers in that. Uh, Buffalo Bills game and that is concerning to me because the processing you know you look at the all 22 and you see an open guy and you see Fields not pulling the trigger those were the problems that he had last week Uh, again I don't know what the play calls were Mm -hmm. and I don't know what the progression is so you could have a wide open guy and he's your fourth player in the progression right okay so 
not a whole lot are going to see him. Okay, and, I, and I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying, I don't give a shit. It's preseason. And he didn't look good in the, he, what did he play, two series or three? So three. The series, okay, the series that he didn't look good was the first one. Mm-hmm. But was he the only one that didn't look good? Correct. Okay, so, and, you know, the old adage, quarterback gets too much blame and too much too many accolades. Mm-hmm. When there's ten other guys on the field, yeah, sure. So I, I, you know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll care if he doesn't play well against Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. He better not miss that wide open receiver going down the middle of the field. Uh, and so that is just a concern. I want to see progression with him pulling the trigger and not waiting for those Ohio State windows. This is the NFL. You're going to have to make those tough throws with confidence. All right, let's get another two, three questions out of the way here. Jordan asks, can Greg provide insight to the following question? Is there a reason the practice squad isn't made of more varied players beyond just who you carried through camp? Shouldn't you be testing new talent? Interesting question. Okay, it's an interesting question. And right now they've brought in one player, Ms. Murray, from mm-hmm. outside. We used to try to bring in a few. They're there. <clears throat> Some of them are there to practice, and they're not there to develop. You got to, you know, you need your scout team. And mm-hmm. you, you find that out at the end you know, January, when the day after the season's over, who do they sign to a futures contract and who don't, who they don't. Um, you don't want to bring in all these different guys and have them line up and practice when they don't, don't know what the hell they're doing. Exactly. There's got to be some continuity. You can't yeah. be teaching, can't be bringing in seven or eight new guys and trying to teach them things no. when that's what these guys have been doing for six weeks in the spring and six weeks at training camp. Yeah. So you can get through it and don't forget now practice now practice. You know, there's a big difference in practice during training camp versus practice during the season. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's where training camp practices are scripted. Mm -hmm. They're scripted strictly for, calls what certain plays you want to see mm-hmm. you want to see how certain players react you want to see how the play works or whatever you want to just practice a certain play but mm-hmm. there's no continuity with the play calls yeah okay yeah. so where when you're in the in, in game week now everything is preparing for sunday you got a you got a game plan for Sunday. You got a script for Sunday, and you practice nothing but that. Yep. Okay. So all tryouts and practice are over. Now we're this is serious shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So <clears throat> now, if you see a player, <clears throat> sorry, it's okay. Um, you know, a player gets cut. Perfect example: mm-hmm. this kid from. The Rams, Johnson, the guy from Memphis, mm-hmm. he gets cut to a guy they liked. You know, so, you know, we used to say, 
I want to be the one to cut them. You know, some, you know, the, for certain guys, and we used to bring guys, a couple guys outsiders, so to speak. And here's what, the, when you want to do that, if there's certain guys, you know, in the, in the say 10 days, two weeks leading up to the final cut, you know, you're scanning the other rosters and you find out who you're figuring out who's on the bubble, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so you're looking and then you're saying, Oh, this guy here <clears throat> with the Rams might get cut and I want him. I want him on my practice squad. So you find out who the agent is. Now this is tampering. Yes. Um, but you <laughs> call the agent because you can't talk to the kid. Hey, if Joe gets cut, I want him on our practice squad. You know, and, and first you got to, and you got to sell the agent. Okay. On why you want him on the practice squad. Right. You know, and the agent will turn around and sell the player. But then once they get cut, so that was <coughs> noon yesterday, 11 yesterday, our time. Now you can call the player. And if the agent was doing his job, the agent, you know, might say, expect a call from the Bears. And there, there were some players who did that. Then you, then you got to sell the player. Mm-hmm. And the team, the team that just cut him, he's got a familiarity with the team that cut him. He's yeah. got to feel good, you know? Sure. I've made friends here. I know what I'm doing. I know the offense or I know the defense. You know, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable here. And then, so, but you gotta, you gotta counteract that. Yeah, but they didn't keep you, did they? <laughs> and look at, and then you go through their depth chart. Look <laughs> at what's in front of you on the depth chart. Do you think you got a real opportunity? Now, look what we got. There's a glowing opportunity for you here. And it might be just a few weeks on the practice squad until you get up to speed. That we might be able to bring you up to the varsity, so you know it's a, it's a sell job. Absolutely, you got to recruit. So, Jordan, it does happen, but it's only with a few guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you go through the league, you'll see it. You'll see each team will have maybe up to three or four guys that were on other teams' rosters. Now you'll see it. See this week because you're getting right into the first. Um, you're getting ready for that opening game. You, you need that continuity, but you're always there's always going to be turnover on that practice squad. Right. There's going to be a handful of guys that you really like. We used to like flip guys out, and so like keep a guy on for three weeks, stay in town. We're bringing you back in another week. Then he doesn't, you know. You caught him for the practice squad, then you bring him back, and then you cut somebody else. And you really had now, then we had 10 and 12 people on the practice squad. But because we were flipping guys in and out, we really had 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, there's, there's different games you can play. Yeah. Well, um, let, let's, I, I, man, you just opened up a whole can of worms. We'll talk about it more practice squad next week. Uh, I want to get these last two questions out of here and give your voice and throat uh, a rest here. 
Tim uh, Willits. It's my throat. It's my lungs. Your lungs. Uh, give your lungs a break here. Tim asks, with the additions to the defensive line, what is the weakest position group on the roster in your opinion? What position group do you think could really use some improvement uh, in the in player personnel? Good question. It is a good question. And I don't know if you can fairly answer it until we see a couple games that yeah. count, that really yeah. matter. Mm-hmm. But I can answer it this way. If the draft was next week, I'm drafting two edges with two of the first three picks. Yep. Same here. <laughs> so, um, you know, and Gakwe's got a one-year deal. That doesn't mean he's only going to be here one year, but he's got a one-year deal. Um, you're still trying to figure out what D-Rob is and Green and all that. So I, I think it it's uh, – and you don't know what – I mean, I know what college Kareem was in college, and I pretty much know his game like at the Colts last year and at Cincinnati. But he's a backup. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's not a frontline player. Um, you need, I think, a couple dominant edges. And I know what, the, if you look at the potential, I got a picture of it, I think. <laughs> Somebody put out potential free agents. Okay. And I took a screenshot of it. I wish I had my little free agent graphic. I didn't do that. Okay. I I mean, here's potential. Means nothing because they, you know, could end up re-signing. Okay. Nick Bosa. Brian Burns. Montez Sweet. Or Sweat. Rashawn Gary, Josh Allen from the Jaguars, Chase Young. Everybody's going to get hot and bothered over that name. Well, I'm not going to get hot and bothered until he does something this year. Yep. (laughs) Um, That's it. There's one other one, and I can't, I didn't squeeze it in, you know, it didn't come all the way through. there's a there's some potential good names on there, depending who hits the market and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. But here's reality: it's going to cost you better than twenty per for most of those guys. Yep. Oh, okay, yeah. that's easy. Yeah. And what Ryan is trying to do is build those key positions through the draft. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, at least you're getting some free time with them. Exactly. Okay. And, and then, yeah. you know, and space it out. So, you know, I'll, I'll go to my deathbed thinking that, um, and no, I'm not going to die anytime soon, but that, that they're going <laughs> to prioritize edge in next year's draft. 
I'm with you 100%. These big ticket items, meaning items, meaning players, you know, the defensive linemen, the quarterbacks and so forth, you want to acquire them via the draft and not free agency because it just disrupts the financial structure of the team in such a way that makes it very difficult to have a really complete good roster. So I'm with you. Well, and, and on top of that, who you got to pay next year? Yeah, Justin Fields. You got to pay Justin Fields, and you've got some guys under one-year contracts and guys going into their final year of the contract. Indeed. Indeed. So what's better for the team? Go out and pay $25 million for one of these guys that, you know, is already – 27, 28, 29 years old, mm-hmm. or get a 21, 22 year old, and you know you got them five years, mm-hmm. and you're hoping that you drafted the right guy. Yep. Indeed. All right. I got a final question for you. It is from J2K. He says, Greg, how quickly can Dan Feeney be a reliable starter at center, assuming? That white hair uh, at uh, is at gut the guard position, left guard. I'm, I think I'm thinking at Green Bay. So the question is, you, we've you've talked to us a number of times of how complicated this offense is, and that it takes a while to get going. The center has probably the most one of the most uh, uh, position responsibilities of anybody on the squad. Can Dan Feeney get up to speed so that if he's needed? In, uh, against Green Bay Packers, he can play. Okay, I'm, I'm going to answer that with a couple of questions. Okay. Where did he come from? Oh, uh, the Colts? No. no. Colts. Where, where, Miami uh, Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, yeah. Who's where, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins? Uh, the, the genius guy with the glasses. Where did he come from? Uh, San Francisco. What <laughs> offense does San Francisco run? The uh, Bears offense. What? <laughs> What offense does Miami run? You're a good teacher, man. (laughs) Why the fuck do you think they traded for? Exactly. All makes sense now. You know, so I would say, yeah, is he going to start the first game? I mean, I think some of that has to do with the health of of Patrick. Yeah. But I know Luke Getze has got – you know, a, a strong liking for, for mm-hmm. Patrick. So um, we'll see what happens, but there's not a doubt in my mind that that's the guy they went after mm-hmm. because the learning curve wasn't going to be as steep. Like the, the, the Steelers had a guy center that they traded to yeah. Houston. Right. And, Basically the same deal, a six-round pick. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if the guy's good, bad, or indifferent, but he would be take him a while. Yeah. To get up to not, speed. Not from the same system, yeah. Okay. Makes, makes Where you know Miami's gonna be very, very similar to San Francisco, which mm-hmm. is very similar to what we use. And so He's going to be up to speed a lot quicker. Is he going to be ready to go next week? I can't answer that. 
but it's not going to take very long. Greg Gabriel, you are a man's man. Playing hurt uh, with your I'm cough. I'm not playing hurt. Just, just let's keep doing this in the morning, and I won't yeah. have this problem. Exactly. So I'll say this to our uh, followers. Our plan during the season is that we are going to do the show Monday morning. So uh, on Sundays, we've got uh, tons of Bears programming throughout the day. We've got a pregame show. We've got a fantasy football show before NFL kickoff. And then uh, we got a halftime report and a show immediately after the game. We might even have a Sunday night show if something somebody called me and said, hey, what about this? Uh, but then on Monday morning, this is the place to be because Greg Gabriel will be offering his thoughts on the game and all of the insights. Now, uh, next week on Tuesday, I might not be available. I won't know till probably Friday. Okay. Okay. And and Monday's a holiday. Right. So we might want to go Wednesday next week, but I can if I find out what I need to find out on Friday, then I might have an appointment I have to go to on, on Tuesday. Cool. Uh, so best place, uh, best way to stay on top of everything that we're doing is to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and you'll get updates every time we are live with the show or just follow us at Bears Bar- at, at Barroom Network and, or Greg at at G Gabe football on X. I got to change that from on Twitter to X. And uh, just one more programming note tonight. It is going to be Ross McEnreed uh, talking Bears football at 6 p.m. Central, and then the return of Buffon 55 at 7.30 Central. So hope you will join us for all of this great programming that we have for you. Greg, you're my hero, brother. Well, stay on. I got, I got an idea I got to share with you. Okay. Uh, and for all of you who have joined us live, thank you very much for being a yeah, big everybody. part of the show. Your questions and so forth are immensely helpful for the entertainment value of the show. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.